Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast the 52 year journey through film continues and we're almost fucking done it's the 20s now baby the 2020s we're kicking it off with 2020s nomad land i am joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh it is always a pleasure to have you Today we're talking uh, we're talking Nomadland, which uh, premiered in uh, some film festivals around the way on September oh oh September eleventh, twenty twenty. Eesh. Eesh indeed. Did not know that until I checked just now and was like, oh, gonna gonna contain that reaction. Uh, r- written and directed by Chloe Zhao. Nomadland. Uh, it's based on a book by a journalist who actually uh, lived this life for a little bit wanted to immerse herself in such uh, Jessica Bruder wrote the book Nomadland uh, this one best picture of the year best achievement in directing best leading actress uh, for Frances McDormand uh, it was uh, it was a big one it was a big mm-hmm. big one especially since it was released in 2020 a year that on the movie side of things is considerably weaker than most years you know given uh given the the circumstances of that of of the whole pandemic and stuff movies were not being released quite like uh one would hope but Mm. this one was uh and i think i think kind of no matter what it was deserving of those nods uh, and those wins and you know whenever a film wins and is nominated at the Kansas City Film Critics Circle Award that it's top tier and this one won three awards and was nominated for one. Have um, we had a movie best film? on our 52 year journey through film to win three Kansas City Film Critics Circle Awards? This might be the first. I feel like this is a new high. You know, we've had plenty of nominees uh, and such, mm-hmm. but I don't know that we've had three wins. Best film, best director, best adapted screenplay. That's, That's strong. Nuts. That's strong. Chloe also, Zhao yeah. bodied this shit. Hmm. She bodied this shit. It's insane. Uh, you know, I, I'd i obviously heard great things about this movie coming into it, given that it was the best picture winner and everything, but I knew... The, 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 the idea I came into it with was that it's a glimpse into an American lifestyle that is very real, but we know... Uh, shockingly little about you know yeah that's uh, that's always like a movie like uh slumdog millionaire kind of like a different part of the world um that you know you don't think of in your front brain or really ever um, but once you're reminded of it it's just like oh my gosh there are people living like that in the world right now like you mm-hmm. like 
it hits you all at once. And this is, you know, I felt the same with this one. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, even though this is 2008, where, you know, they're, the event they're talking of, this is very modern Amazon war- warehouse, you know, like, this is today, like, right now, hap- like, it, it's, uh Very relevant. Very relevant. Uh, it's, there's something about it that's, uh, you know, I finished the movie and I sent you that text where I described it as morose. Just generally morose. depressing. Mm-hmm. And just a real downer and the longer i've had to reflect on it the more i've evolved my sort of view of it the more i've had to more time i've had to let it sink in and you know uh marinate with me Mm. Mm -hmm. because i think one really important thing about this movie is that yes perhaps the first inciting event that caused these people to hit the road was sad, was devastating. There comes a point for all of these characters throughout this movie mm. where they decide that this is the life they want to live. Yeah. This is where they are happy. This is their home. And whenever I like came around on that, it made me go, you know what? This movie was not nearly as sad as I had made it out to be in my head as soon as I finished it. Mm. Uh, the like I'm, That's why I'm so glad I watched it two days ago instead of like just coming off of it and hopping on the pod because I feel like I have a more well-rounded view of it than I did uh, than mm. I did as soon as I finished it. How, how are you feeling about it? I mean, it was, you know, in the moment, yes, a very, very sad and like, oh, man, damn. But then, like, having the ending you know like i want like her to go back to that farmhouse i want her to go back to i want her i want her to live there you know pat you know move on from her you know her dead husband which is just horrible but she's like finally found that piece to move on mm-hmm. and that, that, that that's at least my head canon of where she was heading to right um, right i really hope so and not that she just i it seems i don't know i don't know how to really i guess we'll talk about the ending um eventually um, but it, it, I mean, when it was all said and done, like, I, I feel like I'm, I now realize the movie for, like, what it is, and what they were going for, and, like, the, the real reason, like, for the movie. It's not just to, like, make you feel sad the whole time. I don't know. Like, there was actually a good story in there, mm. which I didn't really, re- you know, like, hold on to it for like i thought it really just felt like a non-fiction movie at first like it yeah. felt like a documentary and i was just watching these events unfold and then like a story like came out of nowhere and i'm like oh like wow this is this is like a it's a whole different kind of whole different well type that's of so movie. that's what's so prescient about it is that like uh the fact that it could feel so much like a documentary and be weaved with these fictional narratives and stuff or fictional narrative. Uh, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of fiction here. A lot of, a lot of the characters here are nomads in real life. A lot of them are telling their stories. Um, and I, in recent days though, because of that fascination with that fact, I wanted to learn more before I came on the pod and started telling you like, yeah, that was all fucking true. You know, like I wanted to like make sure I knew what I was talking about. Uh, and so like, 
the way Chloe Zhao said it herself in interviews is that, yes, most every story you hear in this is real. It is true. We had to tailor the stories to be relevant to Francis McDormand's journey, Fern's journey over the course of this film, you know, because otherwise it does become a documentary. It does become just a just a a, a look inside of these people's lives. It doesn't become the. uh, I mean, like I I'm sitting here really high on it after after having it sat with me for a couple days, you know, like I Mm. immediately finished it and was like, that's not going to be very high on the enjoyment category. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I really fucking like this movie. You know, like this, I, I finished it and was like, that's going to be one I take a while before I rewatch. I was thinking about it like all day today. Like, man, I kind of want to watch Nomadland again, which mm. is like, it's such a unique experience with a movie that I haven't had a ton. You know, uh, it's usually like once I finish it, I have my thoughts of it. And that's kind of that. This is evolved just in a very yeah. quick time. It's really cool. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting rewatch, uh, knowing where it goes now. Like, knowing that s- some of these people really just choose that life. You know, it's not because they were forced and that they couldn't, they didn't have an out. You know, like, it was not known that she had, like, a well-off family and possibly a spot to live with them until, like, very late. Until she needed money to fix her car. Yeah. You know, like... I, I kind of had the impression that, like, she's here because she has nothing else, and, like, she has no other option. This is, like, what she has to do. And then, like, Kate? that part of the story comes up, and it's like, oh, wow, like, I, you know, I still feel bad for her, you know, obviously. Like, um... Because there's this, there's this inherent loneliness in the lifestyle she's elected to live. And the reason for that loneliness is that her husband dies and that she doesn't feel she's ever going to find someone to replace what she had with him. Therein, she seems like she's okay mm. never trying to. Like, uh... Yeah. It, oh, and this movie brought up, like, one of my favorite, uh, just, like, philosophical ideas of that you have kind of two deaths, one of, like, your human form, and then the one of, like, the last person who remembers you. Mm. As long as the memory of you... Is, is there, it's, you know, you're not conscious, sure, but, like, you still live on through the memory of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, that was kind of what, uh, oh, I forget his name, the leader Dave. of Dave. What oh, Dave, Bob Wells, Bob Wells. Yeah, Bob was, like, kind of, like, saying about, um, like, his son and how he remembers him, um, and that eventually they, they will have their time to be together and remember their life um, together eventually, but for now... The memory is good enough. You know, like, it's still, yeah. they're still there. And, like, I don't know. Yo, uh, I was ugly crying at 2 a.m. when I finished Nomadland, bro. Like, I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Emily's asleep next to me. She has to roll over and go, like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> Bob's so strong. That dude is incredible. Like, I, I, that's what's so amazing about this movie, you know, like I have an appreciation for my elders, you know, like I love my grandparents mm. to death, you know, like I always have and I've always appreciated the sort of uh, anytime I actually sit down and have a conversation with with my grandparents, I'm always kind of like, you know what, that's some good insight. 
You know, like, I don't know that I would have, mm. I would have came to that conclusion on my <laughs> own. And, like, there's, there's a real thing about how you can only, you can only come to certain conclusions with age, with wisdom, like, with experience. And I think that's what's so cool about the perspective of all these, all of these characters, because Francis McDormand's character, Fern, is in her 60s, Linda May, Swanky. Bob Wells, mm. they're all 60s and 70s. They've all lost people. They've all learned to live after that, you know? Like, And I think that's what's so cool about this specific sect of life, nomads, the nomadic lifestyle, is because, you know, odds are you were, you were not doing like, mm. you know what? I'm making six figures a year. I'm going to go off on the road and just say, fuck it. You know, like, uh, odds are you were, there was some sort of thing that made you go, you know what? This is probably what I should do. This is the thing for me, you know? Uh, and then growing to accept that life and learn to learn to love that life and the people, the community you find in living that life. I just, I just found it really, really awesome. And like, it just, mm. I was oh. just kind of blown away. Some of my favorite parts of the movie was where she just went out in nature and just was, like, smiling. You know, like, there was an, an ocean front or ocean, maybe, I don't know what, I guess, where they were. Uh, yeah, I, they're in the American West throughout, like, the entire movie. So like, I'm thinking uh, of, like, whenever she was on top of, like, that big cliff with the waves just crashing in. She was just, you know, like, I think she was remembering, or, like, that's whenever she was going through all of her old... Uh, I don't know when that was actually, uh, but she went to like an like it was either like an oceanfront or a very large lake that has waves. I guess it probably has to be an ocean. ocean. It was the it was yeah. the Pacific um, okay. on the uh, northeast yeah. coast. Yeah, the northwest, ocean northwest. That huge, the big ass trees in that forest were like the one was like uprooted and fallen over, and she was standing at the very base of the tree and like mm -hmm. was feeling all of them. Uh, the like the rock. The quarry, kind of like the uh, the dig site, kind of that they were trying to find fossils and stuff. Um, no, yeah, it was and awesome like, because and, like oh, I just I don't and know. I think it's really awesome because she has all those shots where she looks so happy to be in that moment in that place when she's sitting with Dave on that like cliffside and you see the the landscape go on for miles, yeah. you know, like uh, and she they're perfectly content sitting there in silence just admiring what's happening to contrast that with the shots of her going through dave's son's house by herself and just sitting in the rooms and being kind of like you know no like nah this this ain't what i want like as much as i know it's what i'm yeah. supposed to want it's just not what i want it took it a while for it to click that like the like they just don't I don't, like, they really don't like houses. Like, it's like, they don't like the idea of a roof over their head. Like, they are against being inside of, like, a house. They'd rather be outside. And for some reason, like, I thought it was just like, no, I like, I would rather be able to move, you know. But they were, like, I don't know. Like, it was, it felt more of, like, I just don't want to live in a home rather than I'd rather be in a van or whatever. I don't know. It felt like they were anti-homes like because they were always like why would you waste uh, your entire life savings anti-house um, yeah not i'm houseless anti -home. not homeless 
Yeah, um, that because was, whenever yeah. that little girl runs up to her and she's like, "My mommy tells me that you're homeless. Is that true?" Mm. And she's like, "No, I'm not. Not homeless. I'm houseless." Because her home is. Like, that's what's so cool is that, like, this movie, especially the presence of nature in this film, the cutaways where it's just mm. landscape and the, I mean, this was a beautiful looking movie. Yeah. And I just, like, and, like, funny enough, you know, my, my first introduction to Chloe Zhao is Eternals, uh, the MCU movie, uh, and... I I really, really, that's one of my favorite superhero movies of all time because of its visual style and visual language and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I watched this, a movie that she wrote, a movie she directed, a movie she mm. edited. She, this was not outsourced to another editor. She, she edited it on her own. complete creative freedom. Well, that's what I, I was like, God, the I, want, I want, yeah, the, I want like, the Zao cut. Mm-hmm. Of Eternals. Of Eternals? Oh, Ooh. Ooh. I just want whatever that would look like. I want her to just probably be like five hours, I feel like. That movie, with the amount of like emotional connection and detail that I feel like she would want, it like with that many characters, fuck. I mean, I'd love it. I'd, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I'd be down. It's just I don't think the general public – would, would no, yeah, and that, that's the thing. Is that like <laughs> I think that Zhao's just got this real knack for uh, like interpersonal connection between just between people, between people in nature, which I think bleeds through in her other work as well. Like I, after watching this, I am certain I'm going to go watch her first two films, like uh, the it's... writer and songs. Like I'm going to go watch those because I'm just like she has such a distinct style that even in this, I was like, I see the person who created Eternals created this. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh... She is an artist. Like, she's more of an artist than a director or writer. Like, I feel like this is more of an art piece rather than a movie just made for, you know, entertainment. Like, Eternals. Like, that's just an entertainment... It's just for entertainment, for fun, for cool visuals, and like, yeah, we let's go see a cool movie. This is... This is some we want to connect here. with people. We want to get you know a deep message out. Get like, like, like this film. It's a film. You know, like we're referring to it. We're saying words like style, like uh, hurt, like or we're speaking of it as if it is art rather than mm-hmm. just a movie. And like, I don't put her on the same level as like Quentin Tarantino. You know, like that's it's it's like comparing. It's that's not fair to compare. Like they're yeah, not the like, same uh... thing. She's not going for shock and awe, you know? She's going for what the story she wants to create. She's going to put that to the screen, and that's just going to be that, you know? And uh, what's really cool is that her work has uh, been very centered around first-time performers or non-actors. People who have not done any acting before professionally. And that, again, comes, comes around here because if you head to the IMDb... Linda May is played by Linda. Hmm. Uh, Gay DeForest plays mm-hmm. Gay. Patricia Greer plays Patty. Angela Reyes plays Angela. Carl Hughes plays Carl. You know, like, uh, all, mm. all of these people are just the people who were in the movie. You know, they were given a little direction as to how where they need to be and what they, like, uh, a little bit of what they need to say, how they need to say it. But that's why this movie feels so raw and real is because she also doesn't treat them like an other. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you they are were a, part of the movie. You are like, a. We are all filmmakers here because we are all lending ourselves toward this final product, and I think that's a. Uh, She's just got such an artful touch that I love watching, dude. It's it's magnificent. That's like if we were hearing these real stories through an actor or an actress, like I don't know. I feel like, you know, depending on how good the actor or actress is, you know, I guess that that, that matters there. But like if like Francis it, McDormand. Whenever these people were telling their stories without knowing that fact, it felt like okay, no, this this actually happened to them. Like, I was thinking that just during the movie. Like, okay, no, like, the the way, like, the emotion in which they're talking about it, and, like, it that's, it doesn't, no one can act that good, I feel. Like, that's, mm. you can't achieve a level of acting that good. Um, I don't know, it just felt so real, this well, entire, that's like, entire time. That's what's even more, like, we've been focusing on Chloe Zhao a lot. Uh mm. That's what's so impressive about Frances McDormand oh, in this movie. Dude, true. Uh, she gives one of the most genuine performances I've ever seen in anything here. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a there's an IMDb trivia where Bob, after that scene where she confides in him about the loss of her husband and everything like that, and he shoots back with, uh, you know, the story about his son and how he committed suicide five years ago and how he after that scene cut he went to her and like was like thank you so much for being so personal with me mm. uh because i like the uh the impression i got is that everyone knew they were working on a movie but not everyone knew francis mcdormand was an actress because she lived for the five, six months this movie was filmed, she lived in their community. She did the nomad lifestyle. If that van was traveling, she was alone in that car driving it. Wait, what? So she... did, he, did did some of these people just think that, like, these cameramen were just there to, like, document? Like, or was it, like, obvious that they were filming, like, a movie? It was. I think it, I, I, the impression I get from the interviews I've listened to and stuff is that they were very straightforward about the fact that they were filming a that they were filming a movie, that it was fiction, but they wanted it to have as much realism in it as possible. Mm. Like uh, in wow. the book, Linda May is the main character, the chick who. Oh. It, Linda May is the main is the main character of the book, uh, and she was. It, it was a document. It was more of a journalistic report of that lifestyle with with linda may at the center mm. so like uh fern is actually an amalgamation of a bunch of characters from the book who they who francis mcdormand and chloe zhao kind of workshop together to mm. create a character that uh that is a lot like francis mcdormand like she's she's basically playing herself if she, because that's like that's how they kind of because she was a, uh, an executive producer of the film Frances McDormand she mm. read the book and her help of the producers her help with the producers made them go all right we're going to make this a movie we need to find a director and Frances McDormand was the one who went we should get Chloe Zhao that's awesome it wasn't like Chloe Zhao was like we're going to cast this movie who we who do we need Frances McDormand no nah. it was uh the other way uh, uh, 
which is really really cool. I thought, uh, and there, some of the stuff I've listened to and some of the uh, uh, trivia I've read about this movie is that a lot of the there's a lot of footage who like when Chloe edited the movie in a less raw, realistic movie, a lot of some of it gets cut. You know, like for sure. And she, like Frances McDormand, that shot at the beginning where she goes and takes a shit in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Frances McDormand had a stomach bug and went and took a shit in the middle of that field. Like that's not a, that's not fake. That's that's just extra footage they had. Wow. Uh, they were and like that's just like that's the thing. Is that so like, she really just lived the lifestyle? She lived and they this were lifestyle just filming. for months to to do exactly this you know like it's uh it's uh, like i the one thing i don't know about is like how her like jobs fold into that like i wonder like i don't know if she like actually had to be uh, like can i work here for like a couple weeks or like or if they were like hey, she we're legitimately shooting. worked at amazon yeah right for like the whole <laughs> like you know no like, yeah and that's, not, that's what's cool okay. about francis mcdormand too and the reason a lot of people probably like didn't recognize her as francis mcdormand is she's a She's a legendary actress. She has the most wins for best leading actress at the Oscars in history. Uh, she surpassed Meryl Streep when she won it for Nomadland. Uh, but she's got she she looks extremely human, you know. Like she looks there's yeah. a, there's a realism she brings to everything that's just like God. She's magnificent. I mean, she she felt like one of them, le- mm-hmm. legitimately. Someone who's a millionaire, multi-millionaire, like felt like someone who did not have millions of dollars. Like, right. Um, that's that was a, one. That was a quote that I I read and listened to that Chloe Zhao kept referring to when in reference to talking about Francis McDormand was that uh, that like a founding principle of the movie, the way they were going to film it, the way they wanted it to be presented was Frances McDormand told her personally that she moved out to the Californian coast because she wanted to be, she wanted to live closer to the dirt. She would be buried in. Damn dude. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, y'all had this shit on lock. Didn't you? Like, that's... And, like, that's another thing. Of all the movies we've discussed, of all the movies we've watched, never so far have I been like, you know what? I gotta go listen to interviews with Chloe's out. I gotta go listen to interviews with the director of photography and shit. You know, like, because I was just like, I gotta know how they made this movie. Mm. Which, yeah. like, it's... Which grants it a ton of credence for me, Damn. you know, because like I, I've, I immediately finished it and was like, whew, not going to watch that again for a while. And like, I, I came away and I've been thinking about it for two days, you know, like that's, uh, it's not easy. A movie that I didn't see in theaters too. Usually, you know, like a, a theater experience makes me go, oh yeah, I'll be thinking about real. that for a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I watched this on my fucking TV from midnight to 2am, like, uh. That's a fucking. That's a different fucking level, man. They just ah. It was so emotionally resonant. Why? Why did like? Why do they have to end it like that? You know. Why? Why couldn't they just show us that she went back, 
and everything worked out. You know, she went, she went back, and that beautiful far. You know what I wanted to see? The scene that I thought was coming. She walked down the stairs. She sees like uh, Dave and someone playing the piano together. She's just sitting there watching them play the piano, and I thought for sure we were gonna get Fern and Dave sitting on the bench playing the piano, just being happy, being in a home, you know. Like I I thought for sure we were going to get a plane. I get no. the I get the opposite vibe from the end of this movie. Oh, I it's only in my head canon. I oh, don't but... think she actually I don't think she Oh no, cuz uh I think it's when she's at that storage locker and she's like I don't need it. She intends to like this was this was the final step in her spiritual journey that made her realize you know what this is truly what i want you know, know like it's not it's not just a oh my husband died this is what i need for a little bit oh like she had every opportunity to go back and live in a house and live uh live what i would consider comfortably like i i think as happy as she might be she's certainly not as comfy as she could possibly be you know mm-hmm. uh but she's happy. I think she, this is how and where she is happiest is on the road uh, with a connection to the world at large. And I think that's just really, really fucking cool. But she like she goes through presumably her husband's workplace. She walks through where he worked or just a random building in Empire. I'm assuming... I think that was the sheetrock factory that got shut down, yeah. So, it's where he worked. She was, like, remembering him for the last time. It felt, you know, she walked to her house, the big opening in the backyard. You know, like, it Mm. it was, like, she was was taking one last walk. I guess, you know, one on one hand, it's, like, she's never coming back. And she's just, you know, a, a pure nomad now, not coming back, don't need it. So that's the reason she's taking one last walk. Or it's like, I have to move on from you, and we will eventually be together again, you know. But I do have a person in my life where I could be happy with, you know, right mm. now. Um, you know, that, that I, I guess while watching, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, yep, like, she's, she's like, okay with it she's like moving on and she's gonna be happy with him now because like, i'm just like how can this movie have a happy ending the whole time i'm like what is the happy ending here and but no like i don't think that's actually what she did it's just what i wanted to believe while watching the movie the whole time right um, right no yeah i'm i'm with you though because uh that scene with like dave and uh well i think it's dave's daughter uh, who comes up to Francis or Fern and is like, uh, mm. I've heard a lot about you. Like, he talks about you a lot. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, there was like, so it's many very cute clear, little very things. Clear. Like, well, and like Dave's, it's like almost not surprised to see her. It's very clear that she let them know, like, hey, I'm coming and stuff. But like, when she shows up and he's like, you made it. Like, hey, wonderful. Mm. Like. It's pretty clear that Dave's got a, got a little crush on her, you know? And I do think there's something about the uh, the idea that, you know, she... I think throughout the movie, she's looking for a, a way to let her husband go. Mm. But by the end of the movie, she realizes she doesn't need to. 
that she was just happy where she was. And yeah, like she's good. she's happy she's happy in the lifestyle she's living, and she's mm. she's ready to continue living that life. You know, like because even the fact that she had a storage locker full of shit, yeah, indicates that she did at one point intend on coming back and intend on u- using that stuff. It's. Mm. Yeah, because if she was going back to him, she would have taken some of that stuff with her as, like, a one final trip back. She wouldn't have just gotten rid of it all. I don't need it. Yeah. Uh, That van was pimp, though. Hey, she she took the time. It was very efficient. She she did everything. The drill, you know, she she worked on it herself. Everything was built to, like, perfection. That's it. Whenever... Man, whenever that shit broke down, like right before it broke down, I was thinking to myself, what's going to happen when this van breaks down, bro? Because I can't handle that. And then like two minutes later, it broke down, and I was like, fuck! Mm. Yeah, I, the first key turn where it didn't work, I was like, ah, no. Like, I didn't think of this as a possibility until now, and now that it's hitting me, but like, oh, that's her home, you know, like, that is her home that broke down. Yeah, and they're like, like uh, yeah, so we checked the value of your car, and it seems like it's only worth about $5,000. The repairs will cost 2500 You might as well just roll that into a new vehicle. And she's like, no, no, that's not how this works. Um, not at all. Not today, yeah. honey. Uh, yeah, that shit was... Uh, it, <sighs> if she actually worked at Amazon... This might be the greatest acting performance of all time. If she... It already is amazing. And it's incredible. If she legitimately did these jobs as well... Give her it all. Give her everything. Um, that's what really... That's what's really hurting me right now. Is because I came into this 20s awards going, You know what? I'm going to give that to Michelle Yeoh. For everything, everywhere, all at once. I know I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna. And then I got here. And I went, fuck. Mm. You know, like, I I, I love Michelle Yeoh. She's one of my favorites of all time. But, like, and she did drop dead fucking amazing in everything, everywhere, all at once. That's just how fucking good this role is. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how good Frances McDormand did here. Coming, like, like I said. I did not want it to be that case. You know, I mm. want I wanted to go ahead and make everything ever world at once sweep the twenties. I can't. You know, like I, I simply cannot I, uh, let that happen. She now. deserves it, it it needs a conversation, at least. At the very least. Oh yeah. Yes. So yeah, I I, I I added another column, uh just to to go ahead and Yes, and we will we will have all these nominees. The winners will be discussed on Patreon, and then the winners will be rolled over into our overall decades awards. Uh, every single year, every single decades winners facing hard, off with each other. Hard to nom it for set design or costume design um, because there's not a lot of it. The set design, however, like uh, the van, the inside of that was built by the director of photography with the intention of him knowing uh, exactly where he can fit a camera. Oh. Exactly where he would be able to film things. Very smart. That's 
that's what it was built with the idea of. So, like, I was like, okay. So, like, I'd be willing to give it a set design nod simply for that because, uh... Yeah. Fuck. I mean, he, he spent months building the inside of that van, which is, uh... I mean, it was beautifully set up, and, like, the fact that it was shot that, that well, you know? Like, I even remember thinking, like, how do you fit a fucking camera in here? What do we... Like, is this a whole stage? Or what... What's going on? Um... Is the 2020s lock for the vehicle mode of transportation for the Dream Blunt rotation, is it Fern's van or like? I think so. I think I think as of right now, I've got I got no qualms. Vehicle tick tick. Are there any vehicles in tick tick boom? Not of note. Are there any vehicles in every? See, there there are locations. That I can think might right like that's the thing too though is that if we're going dream blunt rotation dream location it's one of the places they were at in this movie ooh yeah Fern's van in out in nature yep out in the Great Plains of South Dakota mm. I like. Yeah, I mean, this will. I mean, there's. I mean, we only have three movies for this, so I guess uh, we might as well nom everything that we can. Really, I mean, like exactly. I the agree. thing is, is that we don't have. I guess like we could give the the act. You know, there, I, I feel like there's not many categories that this hits, just because like there are not five actors and three actresses in this movie. You know, it's yeah, like right. uh, there's only. I'd smoke up with Bob Wells. He deserves a, a free, free weed forever. Um, free, free weed for life, Bob Wells. Yeah, he he, he deserves it. Um, He's earned it, if you ask me. <laughs> I think he has earned it. But yeah, man. Like uh, I also we we've mentioned a lot of just about the artfulness of this movie, but there's uh there's one thing that I really enjoyed about it. As uh, I watched it the same night, I watched a movie called Sorry to Bother You. Uh, it's a movie starring Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson uh, mm. that I strongly recommend. Wild as fuck. Uh, available on Hulu, I believe. Um, and it's a it's a capitalist critique. It's a critique of uh, like uh, workers' rights and uh, corporate corporations in America. Mm. You know, so like I was like, oh, like I started Nomadland, and I was like, fuck, man, I have a theme tonight. I guess <laughs> uh, the tyranny uh, of the dollar. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> the tyranny of the dollar. We abide by the tyranny of the dollar. We rely on the tyranny of the dollar. But uh, the thing that was uh, really cool to me is that they kind of exemplified the uh, disposability in the eye of corporations of older people in the workplace. Mm. You know, they took these people on as seasonal workers with the intention of being like, yeah, we'll give you a job for a few months. That is nuts. But they go back every... Every... It's like a cycle every every once in a while. Like... Maybe it's during winter time. It's like just for the holidays when it ramps up that they're like, all right, we'll let the old people work. We need the numbers. Is that, like, literally all it is? Pretty much. Oh, man. I guess, how long was the time period that she worked at Amazon? 
Because it was like the winter. It was winter. I think I guess. we make it. I think we start the movie in the winter and we end the movie in the winter. If I'm not mistaken, I think it does. A new one, new year to the next new year. Because she she celebrated New Year's twice, um, and I guess before the first one, it was only a little bit actually, like before she celebrated New Year's for the first time. So yeah, mm. it's probably like about a year or a year and a half, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, because we got that Thanksgiving dinner at oh, one true. point during the movie. True. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think this movie covers a year because mm. I think uh, I think she heads to Arizona during the winter because it's insufferable to be there any other time of the year. Mm. Uh, heads to South Dakota during the summer because it's the only time you can be up there without it being frigidly cold. Uh, spend some time in California. It's just it's really cool that this all takes place in the American West, and it's mm. all just. Like, ah, the way this movie was lit. Some of those sunsets. Just, like, I guess it was just the sun. Right? It was all I guess natural it was, yeah, lighting. It had it to have been. All natural lighting. Yeah. They did not have... They were out in the desert. <laughs> they did like, not have sound stages here, you know? It was, uh... Yeah, no green screen. A movie with probably zero green screen. Zero. Not a this single bit. This is all captured in camera. Yeah, like... I guess maybe some... I guess, is there a single visual effect? Nope. Damn. That's that's another thing that I think lends it to feeling a little bit like a documentary, is that it's so... There's also this thing where they didn't try to make it look like I have a film grain. Mm. They didn't try to make it look like it was a 35mm film reel that they shot this on. They made it digital, they made it crystal clear, and they made it... It made you go, oh... This is now. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. this is this is a present state of affairs that is real. Mm. Um, and I, like, that's the, we keep coming back to that rawness, that realness of it. It's just so, it's so present, and it's so fucking good. Hmm. I guess so good. I wasn't really listening for the sound. Was there even a soundtrack? There was. The score, score swells at a couple points, hmm. and, uh. I only noticed it because, and it's not when people are talking, you know, it is just, it's kind of an in-between thing. Oh, yeah, where, uh, when she's running through nature, there's, like, some, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, 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 there's that, and, um... It's kind of it, though, like, there, yeah. there's never, like, a, like, there's not, like, a big triumphant moment where the score swells, and you're like, yes, this is magnificent, <laughs> yes. because, like, huh. I think what's interesting about this movie is there's no way to, like, spoil it, either. You know, like, I think yeah. you can talk about this movie entirely all the way through and never be like, oh, I'm costing someone their experience. You know, like, uh, it's just such a really, it's a really singular movie that I've just, I don't know, man. I I, I haven't watched something quite like it, I don't think. It's mm. uh, very singular and very, very impressive. Yeah, I, the, man, I don't even, I guess the closest movie on our list to this the only comparison I made was Slumdog Millionaire, but that was just because it was, like, another movie where it showed some, you know, sad reality of the world. I guess The Big Short was kind of, like, a sad reality of the real world. Uh, Wolf of Wall but Street, it wasn't, I guess. Like, like Big like, Short is nowhere fucking near as good a movie as this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like yeah, it doesn't no. even come fucking close. No. Uh, like, that's... 
you have the ultra actors, you know, A-list actors in that movie. And then here you have, well, I guess, still, you know, one. We have, we have one, um, one, you know, but, but the, the rest of everyone else, just people. Like, you have one anchor, but everyone else is a first time actor and is not even acting, really. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, one thing I listened to a, a, an interview where, like, the producers were talking about how they set up, like, certain, certain areas and stuff, like, because that, like, uh, that big event, all the nomads came and linked up at they organized that they did it wasn't like that was just happening and they were like oh perfect timing you know like they they made sure that that happened uh but that's what was awesome about it is that once they had all the nomads in that setting it might as well have been real you know like they they really started to have that the buckets like if like the bucket lady who was like, if you yep. if you your knees are bad, poop in a cellar or have or use a seven gallon bucket. You know, like yeah. that. In the everyone was genuinely laughing. Like yeah. you know, it was like a like a whole, whole bit. And like um, even the a part where the nomads were acting, like ob- like was whenever they were all throwing a rock in the fire, uh, for uh, yes. Lint, yeah, was for Lint, Sw- or for I think it was Swanky. Swanky, okay. Um, yeah, for, for her and like, uh, like obviously she didn't die and then they were like, yeah, we're, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, but like, it was a really resonant part though, because I think that's a, that's another thing that kind of lends, uh, to Francis or Fern's character kind of being like, cause she was talking about how she was going to go see the swallows and like, it feels like they're underneath me. I feel like I'm flying with them. And she sends that video to Fern later on and Fern's like, you did it fuck yeah and then like a little bit later we hear that she's she's passed and you're like it's almost like a moment of like uh she did exactly what she wanted to do though like how like of course it's sorrowful and it's sad that this person passed on but how sad can we be given that she did exactly what she wanted to do mm-hmm. and i think it's a, it's an important moment in fern's story the way that they used the narratives of these real stories and these real people who had real experiences to anchor a fictional story was so fucking cool. Like, I just, I can't think of another, I don't know that there is another movie where they've ever done something like that to this level. You know, like, it's, it's so good. And, like, it's it's one of those movies where the more we oh, talk yeah. about it, what the, is the more the, I appreciate it. What is the genre of this just drama? <laughs> I don't I know. If, I don't know if that is. I don't. That's not is what that I encompassing was. enough. Drama. It, it feels like Friends. You know, is a, is like is, you know is like sitcom like drama. I guess no. I guess you could have like a. I don't know. That doesn't feel fitting. This not. This is not. This this is doesn't have a genre. I feel like it exists outside of genre. Uh, Damn. Like, uh, it's... I guess maybe that is just the best thing to put it in, because... It it would be. I was about to throw out the thing that I think would be the best... The two movies that I think would be the best comparisons to this, along with Slumdog Millionaire, are Blindspotting and Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
where it's just a really in-depth look at a certain area, a certain lifestyle, a certain way people live. Uh, you know, and even like those aren't even close to what this does. I don't think like not 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 as far as critical, but more in the sense of just like what we were mentioning one actress everyone else around her is real people telling real stories like you don't get that out of boys in the hood you don't get that out of blind spotting it's all incredibly narrative focused and stuff like for a while in this movie i didn't realize there was a narrative i didn't realize there was a story it was it like the story comes out of nowhere and swoops you up and you're like oh shit yeah this is really fucking good mm. you know uh man yeah what this this was a because at first I'm like, what am I watching here? I'm like, is this really just kind of a documentary the whole time? Like, you know, I'm like, I'm not upset with it. I'm not, you know, mad or anything. I'm like, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm like, how, what is this? What kind of movie is this? And then you're like, oh, okay. Now I have some, we have some returning characters. I see some storylines forming here. Mm. Um, and then, I, it, yeah, it was just, I don't know. When you watch a movie like, I don't know, Thor Love and Thunder, like a Marvel movie, you know, like, you go to the theater, you watch it, you, you're, from, from the jump, you're like, alright, what, what's, who's the villain, what's gonna, what's gonna be the last battle here, um, what, you know, I'm already theorizing about, but like, here I'm like. I'm imagining, I'm imagining a guy in a movie theater at a Thor Love and Thunder looking, like, looking to the person to his right going, hey, is this a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's just not. Yeah, no, it's just not gonna happen. But like that, that could. I don't know. If you just didn't know anything I about this movie, going very into it. easily. If if you have no fucking clue who Francis McDormand is, and you have no insight or research into this movie, you could very easily watch the entire thing and think that was a really, really well made documentary. You know what I'm saying? Like. uh because there are shots that are set up to the point where you're like, okay, well, this can't be a documentary. Like, the way certain things are lit and set up and stuff, it's like, oh, it's too perfect yeah. looking to be a documentary. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but regardless, it's I think it's as close to a documentary that you can get and still be, like, fiction. Fiction. I'd say so. Um, yeah, like... That's the thing is that this isn't all fiction. Like it's not. It's not all fiction. Uh, so I mean, there are some real aspects in here where it was set up like a documentary, just filming a person telling their story. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, just blended, which was I don't know. It's it added just to the experience of watching it, and it's damn. It's damn good. Uh, are you ready to throw a rating at it, though? I think we shall. And, hmm. I mean, so let me explain the uh, rating system mm. for everyone. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, hey, welcome, welcome into the Penny Bloom podcast. We're about to show you the Penny Bloom rating. This is your first time here. Go ahead and check out all the 50, over fifty movies we've already covered. Uh, here on, as a part of this project, uh, we've 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 made the rounds and we're coming close to the end. Uh, but here 
I'll give you I'll give you the rating system that we got set up. We got three categories all set up to be rated out of five stars. Uh, the first category being enjoyment, and this doesn't necessarily mean how happy did the movie make me. Nah, it's <laughs> how much did the the movie connect with me on an emotional level. Uh, it's incredibly subjective, it, oh, entirely subjective. There is nothing about it that makes you go, uh, that you're like, oh, well, let me think about it critically. Unless the critical elements do make you go, you know what? Yeah, that increased my enjoyment. And I think this is a good example of that happening. Uh, mm. If this is a more poorly made movie, it's probably not as high on the enjoyment scale as it is. Uh, genre score, out of five stars. That's just how well it fulfilled its genre. And this will be hard. Uh, to determine the specific genre and how well it fulfilled it, uh, but that's that we get that rating out of five stars. And then critical score—that's all things considered: acting, writing, directing, uh, photography, score, if if need be, uh, all things that go into critically considering a film. We give it a five uh, a score out of five stars there. We take the average of these three scores and it becomes our overall rating for the film. Now the question becomes here for our enjoyment scale. Is this the fifth five in a row? I mean, I can't think of... How could I say all these things about the movie experience and say that it's like unlike any movie I've ever seen and like give it a 4.5 you know like that's just uh, yeah like I mean I, here's I, what I love <laughs> man the big short came uh, what six weeks ago now mm. and we were like ah oh, man not not super high on this one this one was kind of dull this one was kind of boring uh, but it was just a nice little respite from uh the greatest movies we've watched. Yeah, it went. Uh, we were we were doing good on enjoyment beforehand. Well, I guess I don't know three eight five three eight for Django and Rise of Planet of the Apes. But like, I don't know. It's always been pretty high up and pretty consistent. And then we dipped down. But then it's just been a straight line at five for ever since the big short. So like, yeah, fucking good. And I don't think there's any signs of this train slowing down. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Nomadland, like, like I've been saying, I just, I came on here and oozed love for this fucking movie. You know, like, I can't be like, oh yeah, all that considered 4.2. You know, like, uh, no, like it's, it's, yeah, it's genuinely one of my, one of the most emotionally... That's that's what's so crazy is I don't even know how to describe it. I wouldn't say riveting because it's not. I'm not on the edge of my seat. I'm not like, oh, no, what's going to happen to Fern? You know, like, but I I care <laughs> so much about what they're putting before me here. I was gonna slot it in, uh, in I don't know our, our our ranking system has gotten very convoluted into where we're ranking some fives above other fives within the five category uh, it, it's not real but um, this one just kind of 
in this group here, Dead Poets, Goodwill Hunting, Blind Spotting, and Nomad Land are all enjoyments where like we didn't we weren't very happy and smiley and flashy things going on. Like it's it is the emotional connection of the movie that gets you through it. Like that that you're like, Yeah, no, this is mm. um so even even though it might be, you know, up here even with these, um, I feel like it just just slots in well with their um, I'd say so. I'd say so. So yeah, yeah Nomadland, but... five out of five as far as enjoyment is concerned. But let's head on over to the genre category. Uh, this is where it gets kind of uh, gets kind of tough because I don't know what to even categorize it at. If if we are to say drama, um, that's what's crazy about drama is that it's so all encompassing. Yeah. Like, my my definitive image of a drama in my head is not this movie. However, I do think this movie is better than a lot of the dramas I've watched in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's where I'm like, what's uh, because we don't we don't have like a rising action and a climax, and it's not a traditional narrative that we're spinning here. You know, it's it's. It's like a journey, you know, like it is you're just going on a a journey with this character where there isn't necessarily there literally is not a destination. Yeah. Huh. Literally. I I think it like the only genre is like a docu story. Like a like a fictitious documentary. That is also real at the same time. Like, I can't... Like, you know? Like, it. what do you say? It, oh, yeah. If you... Easily compare this movie to blah, blah, blah. Um, it is in this genre. Like, whenever we're talking of The Matrix, we can be like, oh, yeah, Star Wars, Space Odyssey. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, there we go. It's... Oh, yeah, other movies like Nomadland. Let me think real quick. It's like... I don't know. Um, actually, maybe something on the History Channel is closer to Nomadland than any other movie in Hollywood. Like, yeah, I don't as know. far as the vibe, you know, like that's that's it's <sighs> it's it's the best that the History Channel could offer, as well as some the best parts of Hollywood in it. It's like there is no. Hollywood crap raining over this movie and it's like oh wow they Hollywood out for that part you know a little bit it's like it's just authentic man there's just this authenticity to it that I just don't know that we've gotten out of like many other films and this is coming off of Parasite last week it feels like an indie film and I don't want to mean that like a like it was poorly made or like cheaply made like because it wasn't like it nah, felt, absolutely. it felt more like what some someone not in Hollywood would go for. Like we don't have the budget for sets and all of this equipment, blah blah blah. So we're just gonna have one camera and follow this person around and mm. film legitimately real life. But like, I don't know. It's they didn't need all of that. Like that. That's kind of the point of the sto- like the point of the movie. Almost, you know, like it would it would have made been in poor taste to spend 50 million dollars on this movie to make i guess i don't know how much they did spend um i guess to pay her that's probably a big chunk but 
Um, they spent five mil. Okay. Probably gas. Uh, fuck, that's a that's cheap movie. The gas to just travel with that van. The equipment um, <laughs> paying Francis McDormand. Yeah, that's that's probably a the van the biggest chunk of the five mil is paying paying her. I wonder. Francis McDorman get paid for Nomadland. I wonder if it's known. Thir- oh, her net worth is thirty million. I was and like, I was what? Like, uh, hello. Well, because that's the thing too. Is she's a she's an executive producer of this movie, so she put up. She also put up money mm. for this movie to get made. So it's like, uh, who knows? Who fucking knows? Regardless, though. Uh, it's it's a damn good film. Uh, genre wise, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how. We're saying all this about how it doesn't fit anywhere, about how there isn't another movie like it. Does that not make it genre defining in and of itself? Struggling, because, like, if you can't find a genre, it either means it's a zero or a five. Um, and this isn't, yeah, yeah. this isn't a zero. Nah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> so, I'm with like, you. I think, I, I, I don't know of another score to give it. It's so singular and so of itself that I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck else to, to give it. It's got to be a five, right? I think it is think yeah no i i can't think of another score to give it the only i guess the only one where it can come down to is critically and fuck it's not gonna take a very big dip here (laughs) uh shite i guess if we want to look at our other films um here we are hey man Is this on the same level as Parasite? I think that this movie is incredibly singular and one of a kind. I do think that a movie full of... It's so hard. Like... I just don't know how I can compare it to anything. That's that's the problem I'm having. Is that like I can't I'm thinking in my head like, "Oh, well, obviously I like Parasite more because these actors all had a singular narrative vision and everything." But like I like that's the thing I loved about this movie is that it didn't have actors who had a narrative vision. They were just there were people who were just there, you know? Like that's a uh... Yeah, I'm like thinking, "Oh, Interstellar." Um I love that movie. It it was very well, the, but like they didn't have to show me a black hole and s- slingshot around it, and then like you, you stop spinning a spaceship to link with another. You know, like they didn't need to do that, and that is why it is like they didn't need. Here's, what, I, here's what I'll tell you. I do think I landed a four nine. Hmm. I think I landed a 4.9 out of 5 stars for the film score. 
I think it's exquisitely directed. I think Francis McDormand might have given the best performance across our entire fucking list. Um, and when I look at our average scores over there, because I believe this will bring it to a 4.97. I think it will. Uh, It'll tie it with Parasite and Raiders. Um which is that was my thing is that like looking at what was right below that looking at la la land interstellar get out the matrix i couldn't confidently live with myself and go this movie was on the level of those you know like i'm like it is a better movie than those mm-hmm. movies were oh yeah uh, and even though our numbers are incredibly close together um, yeah, like I, point zero one and point oh two separates those movies. It, these little differences, though, I feel like are actually important. Like we have somehow with this rating system, it's just worked out in a way to where even these crazy minute little details actually kind of mean a little something sometimes. So that's um, how we, that's how we've managed to make it, and like that's how we make this rating system yeah. we've created important. True. You know? Yeah. And we only got two more to add in here, man. And then it's all satisfyingly all the same. And it's everything. all fucking done, man. Fuck. So with that, Nomadland comes to a 4.97 out of 5 stars. Uh, I I mean, how, how can you go wrong with these last five weeks when they've all been 4.9s <laughs> or above? Oh, this month is winning without a doubt. Um, as far as the monthly score, um, ooh, yeah, no, it's gonna win. Um, it's gonna win. It's just simply going to win. Um, the highest is 486, and that's May. Um, so. I'm interested because, uh, I'm excited for you to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. Our next two films, that'll wrap up. This whole project, 2021's next Friday, will be Tick, Tick, Boom. And then uh, December 30th will be Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's, uh... You making some predictions? Uh, just just kind of seeing... I'm just putting in even, like, some low numbers uh, for... Just because I've never seen it. Let me just put it, like, just some... Some... Okay, yeah. Even if... Um, well, let's do this, even. Let's go. Let's go as low as you can. You know, four. It's it's a four nine average, and so it has, just has to be higher than four eight. Yeah, like I don't think it's going. Yeah, I don't think it's going that low. I guess that I don't know. Yeah, it's, what's crazy to me is that like uh, we got tick tick boom next week. Uh, that will be the low point of the month. <laughs> I'm con- I'm confident in that. Uh, which is incredible but to say. It won't be. It won't be in the enjoyment. And it won't be in the genre. Like the only place where it might fall a little bit is critical. Uh, I think that. I think that'll be the only place where, and it won't fall that far. Um, so like, it's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. I'm so excited for you to finally watch that mm. movie because that's a that's a top twenty movie all time for me. Let's go. Uh, um, yeah, and you know, like I. I Talking about all this, Nomadland almost certainly has to be that high up there for me, too. And I just did not – I didn't come into this podcast going, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I am leaving it going, yeah, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, hmm. Yeah, our, our top ten averages 
Um, Nomadland's in there. Parasite's in there. Interstellar. La La Land. A lot of these movies get, get out. out that we've just covered. Um, the tens, the tens, and the twenties, man. They're not here to fuck around. The only movies that are outside of it, The Matrix, Goodfellas, Raiders, and Shawshank, and The Godfather are all like classic. Everyone knows these movies are good. Like, and they're like, I don't know. That's a, it's basically half and half. Half of our top ten is modern, very recent movies, and the others are like classic, undisputed classic films, classics. Um, mm, The newest being The Matrix. In what, it's 99? so bittersweet. It's so bittersweet to be approaching the end so soon, man. Like, uh, so excited uh, to move on with our next project. But I've loved covering these movies. Know. You know, like it's been, it's been, it's so, been much so fun. fun. Oh, it's been so much fun. And now, like, we have an exhausting list of rankings of fifty-two movies across seven. You know, across fifty-two years. You know, actually more than 52 movies. Uh, sorry, 61 movies. Um, no. How many do we add? 59? How many do we 58? Something, close, something, something close to 60. Um, <laughs> 52 plus. Uh, yeah, over 52 movies here. Uh, now we have... I, a, I, I mean... I don't know. I can refer to something. I can be like, you're like, how, how you know, what... What are your favorite movies of all time? And I guess, you know, this is from the both of us, but it's still pretty close for me, you know, like. Yeah, um, we've we've seldom gone, come out of a podcast going on drastically <laughs> yeah. different no. perspectives, you know. I think that's what's, I think it's, uh, I, I, I always think it's real interesting whenever a podcast has a couple of hosts who are very disagreeing. I think that's always interesting. I think it's really cool when we can come together and throw a bunch of love at like ceaseless love at something because Mm. that's really what i want you know like i don't want to come on here and talk about stuff i don't like you know that's not that's not the most fun shit to do so like Mm -mm. that's why that's why it's so fun to talk about movies like like nomadland like parasite like scooby-doo you know like Mm. uh we've we've just hit a lot of a lot of classics on our uh on our journey here and it's just been it's just been a great joy uh but we're almost at the end Almost at the end with Tick, Tick, Boom, and Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, topping it off this year. Oh, fucking bo- Oh, fucking A. Fucking A, man. Uh, wow. We're almost there. Yeah, now that we have there. two left, it feels even more real. Like, keep, like before Nomadland, it was like, yeah, we got, like, we got, oh, a, few, we got a few left. No, it's like. Yeah, now we've got two movies left. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking nuts. Uh. But yeah, with that, we conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It was I, Colton Robertson. If you would, head to patreon.com slash corobloom where you'll find over 40 hours of exclusive content, including uh, new movie reviews, uh, comic book reviews, a poll list every week for comics, book reviews. I do all sorts of shit over there, all for the the slim price of three bucks a month. So come on and help the podcast out. I promise I'm supplying those patrons with content for days. Uh, it's 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 immense. A very large catalog there. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Uh, today I was joined by Joseph George, and I intend to be joined by Joseph mm. George for for future endeavors. Mm. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been been a pleasure and a joy going through this whole thing, and can't wait to wrap it up. 
Oh, so excited. So excited. Uh, with that, peace, love, and bloom. And I'll see you down the road. <laughs>